Develop that gratitude. Be thankful. Just be thankful. Praise God. Just be thankful. You'd be surprised what happens when you just start thankful. Wonderful, isn't it wonderful? The miracle working power is continually working in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we come into your presence this morning acknowledging that you are our God. We don't have any other gods before us. We're not looking for other gods. You are you are our God. The Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the maker of heaven and earth. And you loved us so much that when we were unloved, unlovely, and against you, you still loved us. And we're thankful this morning. <clears throat> we're eternally grateful to you because you did love us. And you have loved us. And you will always love us. And we're thankful this morning for the presence of your spirit here in us and upon us to unveil, unfold, and reveal the mighty truths available to us in this hour. Thank you, Father, that we have the power inherent in us to take authority over the powers of darkness that would interfere. Those assignments that's been against us, we render harmless and helpless in the name of Jesus. And we ask you, Father, to reveal things that are hidden so that we could know how to address it properly in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the whole church said, praise God, praise God. Thank you this morning for joining with us here at the Miracle Church. You may be seated. We are in the season of uh, Thanksgiving, and it's appropriate. Hallelujah. Even though there are those who, excuse me, presently are trying to uh, diminish it, tear it down, remove it. They don't want to be thankful. That's, that's just their problem. Uh, there's going to come a time for paydays coming in the future. And so this morning, I want to uh, address this subject of Thanksgiving momentarily. Uh, just like the acquisition of most virtues, we can't instantly become thankful you only become thankful when you habitually practiced gratitude in your life. Second uh, Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, treaty, high-minded, treaty, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. 
And then the Apostle Paul finishes it by saying, from such, turn away. Didn't say go fellowship with them. Didn't say pray for them. He said turn away from them. Okay? And so over in 1 Chronicles 16th chapter 34th verse, says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 13 through 20, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is a debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So James, the first chapter, 17th verse, tells us that every good uh, thing in our lives comes from God. The Bible says this about the eternal creator, God. He said every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of, of lights, of whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. If a gift is good, it ultimately comes from God, the unchanging God. We'll glow, we will grow closer to God when we understand this truth and build our lives around it. Developing these habits can help us become more thankful. Regularly practicing, regularly practice giving thanks. We should make a habit of expressing our gratitude. We're talking here in this part of, the, of this uh, ministry is our gratitude toward God. Then we're going to change and show some gratitude to one another. But we're talking about primarily at the beginning here, our gratitude toward God, being thankful for all that God has given to us. Um, when we see something good in our lives, we need to point it out, and we need to thank God for it. We all complain occasionally, but practice responding to your own complaining by finding things to be thankful for. This helps to rewire our brain to be as proficient at recognizing the good in, your, in our lives as we are as identifying the bad. Praise God when all is well. You may believe this is obvious, but it's critical that we do it. We're conditioned to believe that life will go well for us normally. You know, we're conditioned that life will go well for us. When life runs smoothly, we don't tend to see God's involved in it at all. But you know, behind the scenes, our God is at work for us Amen. through His Spirit. Amen? Amen. And, and we uh, left that a couple of Sundays ago, and it looks like I checked my calendar, and it looks like we'll get back to that around the first of the year. But in the meantime, we have six services, I think, uh, to confront the truths that are available today.
Make, make gratitude a part of your intersection with other people or interaction with other people. Gratitude should impact both our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. A person once said, to appreciate means to raise in value. That's not only true of things, it's true of people. When you appreciate someone, you literally raise their value. We ought to appreciate people because it increases their self-worth. Make it a regular practice to say thank you to people in your lives. Often the people we express gratitude with, often the people we, expect, we express gratitude with the least in our lives are those the closest to us. Because why? We take it for granted. We just take it for granted when we should be expressing our gratitude. I'll give you a, a, a quick example of, of something that used to happen that doesn't happen anymore uh, in the natural, uh, in the person, personal, uh, con personal contact with people. In, uh, back in the 60s, when I left law enforcement to change jobs, I had to go to driving school up at Winston-Salem for a period of time. And, and one of the uh, instructors took great, uh, took a lot of time with an emphasis to make sure that we understood this in our driving habits. And uh, his suggestion was, first time we visited a truck stop to pick us up uh, some of these extensions. They were about, oh, two and a half inches long. <clears throat> they would get them, you could pick them up for half a dollar, a dollar, whatever. He said, you need to keep these in your traveling bag with you for this simple reason. There's a toggle switch on your dash that is wired to all of your lights on your trailer. And he said, here's what's going to happen. When you're out in the field driving, and as you're passing either on a single-lane road or a four-lane, whatever, anytime you're passing someone, you can't tell in your mirror when your trailer clears the other truck. You can't tell. You can guess, but you can't. It's too important to guess. You've got to know. And uh, bad weather, rain, dark, daylight, it's, it's still it's difficult to be able to discern is when your end of your trailer passes the front of that vehicle behind you. So a system was developed. As soon as your trailer would clear the front end of the other vehicle, the driver of the other vehicle would not flash his lights because that could have been an accident. He accidentally did that. He would turn his lights off for about a two count, so that you would understand it wasn't a, wasn't a, it was deliberate to let you know that you could move over to the, your to his lane. You could get over. You'd passed him clearly, 
And once that happened, now the responsibility to you. Now he's turned his lights off and turned them back on, let you over. Your responsibility to him was just to say thank you. With that toggle switch, you flipped your trailer lights off and on about twice, like thank you. And this went on and on and on. It was a, now if you didn't do this, uh, somebody would uh, have a discussion with you at a, at a truck stop somewhere about you not being thankful for the help that you were getting. And not only did you learn how to be thankful, but you also learned how to give the same courtesy to others. Say, but I notice now that's all done away with. They don't, nobody does that anymore. Uh, they don't flash to help anybody over, every man for himself. And, but, that, but the point I was making was there was a deliberate thank you involved for something that somebody did to make your life better, make your job better. So even today, in our, in, in our communication and in our interaction with others, we should develop, it's just developable, that we don't take anything for granted, that we express our gratitude by saying thank you. There's lots of times, okay, you know, we're accused of, uh, in America, of being privileged, and so we, a lot of things are taken for granted. But for the body of Christ, it's time for us to acknowledge and recognize not only are, do we be, are we to be thankful to the Father for all that He's done for us. Because listen, without God, we can't do anything for ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't fill ourselves. We, we can't, we, we're, without God in our life, we can't do anything. It's all natural. And that's a disaster. Uh, because it's chaos continually, more chaos. But with God in our lives, we have a God-given right to move from chaos to order. Amen. And that's God's order, not man's order, but God's order. And that would be equal to God's will, but that's God's order. And we should be truly thankful for all that the Father's done, all that the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we could take days and identify all the things that God the Father has done for us. He deserves all the thanksgiving and he deserves all the praise. He deserves for us to have gratitude toward him. The Lord Jesus Christ the same. All the things that Jesus has accomplished. He didn't have to accomplish anything, but he did for us because he loved us. And because it was God's plan, and we're still in God's plan, and we still are blessed in that song that we sang this morning. The, uh, the creative power of God is always working, always working, always working. Well, shouldn't we be so, have so much gratitude and thankfulness for this? Okay, that this is what, now, you know, there's a correlation here between always working and faith. It doesn't just work. Our part in this is faith. We have to have faith in God and his word and faith in that 
power that's available that's in us. We demonstrate that by what we say. Remember, the spirit of faith does what? What's, what's the spirit of faith do? Believe, Believe and speak. And so, be thank, we should be ever so thankful for the spirit of faith that we have in us. This is God's way of blessing us continually. But our part in this is to maintain the switch of faith, keep it turned on. And the other day I mentioned it the first time and it looked like, you know, nobody really understood. You keep the switch of faith turned on by simply acknowledging continually what you're believing God for or in or about. You have to keep the switch of faith turned on. You can never let doubt get involved. And the way you keep doubt out is to keep faith in. They can't be two at the same time. One's going to take the other's place. And it's up to us to keep faith in its place. Never allow doubt in its place. And the way you keep doubt out is you believe God. You're not moved by what you see. You're only moved by what God said. When God says it, that should be sufficient. That should be, that should be final. That should be it. And so naturally, we're not moved that way. Naturally, we think different. Naturally, we're only moved by what we can feel, see, hear, taste, and smell. Faith doesn't, isn't controlled. Faith isn't uh, intimidated. Faith isn't even con uh, connected to the five physical senses. Faith is connected to our spirits above and beyond what we can see, taste, feel, hear, smell, touch. It's what God's Word says, and we have to develop this attitude that God is right. It's not the fact that we're wrong. We're not even in the, we're not even in the mix. It's not, well, God's right and we're wrong. No, no, that is not even in it. It's God's right on purpose because God's right protects us. As long as we can accept the fact that God is right, God's right because he wants to be right. He's always right, but his right is for us. He's already decided in advance what our life should be for our good. He didn't let us vote on it. We don't need to vote on it because we, our vision is limited to the door. His vision is, is not, God's vision isn't limited. He can see forever. He knows the beginning from the end. That's... Just that one statement is sufficient enough for us to not even get in the mix. It's God all the way. He sees the beginning and knows the beginning from the end. God's always for us. He's never against us. He's never been against us. He'll never be against us. He's always for us. If we develop the attitude that God's always for us, we can become grateful. We can become more grateful to God. When we just say, well, God loves us, that really doesn't, it gets, so, it gets so watered down and so weak it has no ability to affect anything. We have to continually, continually, um, we have to continually encourage ourselves that God is never against us. Never. You can't be moved by the news. 
You can't trust the news. You can't trust anything except God's Word. When God said He's for us, He's for us. The world and the world and the word, world's news will try to prove to you that God is against you on purpose. For what? So doubt can replace faith. That's the whole game is so doubt can replace faith. And the only person that can stop it is you and I. We can establish our lives on the fact that we're not allowing doubt in, that we're going to believe God. God's Word's true. When it says He loves me, He loves me. And He doesn't have to prove it. See, you need to mature some. I can remember one time years ago when everybody wanted God to prove it. Some gentleman came to me one time and said, well, if God loves me, his wife had separated from him. And I could understand why. I wouldn't have lived with a clown either. Hey, he wanted her back. And his idea of getting her back was that I was supposed to pray to God that God would send his wife back. Then he would be, then, then this man now would put his faith and trust in God. I said, I'm not getting involved in this, not me. This is your doings, not God's doings. And God is not, you can't bargain with God in this manner. You need to get your life together and get your act together, get your own personal life together before you start trying to make bargains with God. That's not going to work. You don't bargain with God. It's, you don't have to bargain with God. He's already given you everything. What, what, what do you have need of? There's nothing that you and I have need of today. God's already given it to us. Everything that we have need of is found right here. And it's up to us to apply the law of faith. What does that mean? Believe it and say it. Believe it and say it. Believe it and say it. Not moved by when it happens or where it happens or how it happens. Believe it and say it. God is not a liar. He'll never fail you. If there's any failure involved, it isn't God's fault. It's our fault. Because we simply are not obeying. It's Scripture's easy. The Christian life is easy. I had a difficulty one time. I was ministering to a group of men and had a break, and everybody was hanging around the Coke machine, and this, these two gentlemen were there, and they said, boy, this Christian life is really hard. Well, that, they wanted me to agree with them, I guess. I said, really? I said, that isn't what Jesus said. Jesus said it's easy. Now, who am I going to believe? I don't know you, sir. I do know Jesus. Jesus told me the Christian life is easy. You're telling me it's hard. You got the problem, not me. And I'm not going to take your problem on. Of course, they didn't go back in the rest of the service. They got in their car and left. But that's not my problem because they believe that their Christian life is hard. They were making Christ their Christian life hard by the words that they came out of their mouths. So they had already started doubting God's word or they didn't know it. And they were assuming that they were going to get people on their side by playing the pity card. Have had a pity party. That won't work. God's not moved by your pity party. He's already covered it. 
Every pity party in the world has already been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So there's no reason for it. The only thing that you and I should be developing is a greater understanding of gratitude to God and His works, the Holy Ghost, the Bible. The, not only that, I'll take one more sidestep this morning and, and, and introduce you to a brand new group of people that you ought to be thankful for. They're seated all around you this morning. They're seated all around you this morning. See, how many billion people are on the planet? Give me an estimate. Seven billion people on the planet? Count the people in this room this morning. How did this group of people become associated in the, on the earth when the odds are equal to seven billion? Huh? See, you're here this morning because God has done something in your life. And he's placed you in a body on purpose. Okay? On purpose. And we think we just assemble here and say, hi, how are you, how are you, how are you, how are you? That ain't right. No, we're supposed to be thankful for each other. Because we're not here by accident. We have seven billion other people that could be here. I'm happy with these people. I'm happy and I'm thankful to God that you've been placed in my life. I'm thankful that I've been placed in your life. I'm thankful we've all been placed in each other's lives for a greater benefit of everyone. Develop that gratitude. Be thankful. Just be thankful. Praise God. Just be thankful. You'd be surprised what happens when you just start thankful. Remember I said earlier we have a tendency to complain when we, when we see things that are not going the way we want them to go? Well, start seeing things that are going the way we want them to go and start being thankful for them. And they will outweigh the things that you see that you're not exactly going your way. The things that are going your way will outweigh them. They will affect your life more. The things that you're thankful for will affect your life at a greater degree than the things you're, not, you're seeing that you're not happy with. Because they start to lose their value. Those things that are not, you're not happy with start to lose their value. And the things that you see that you are happy with, that you're thankful for, remember, it causes the value to rise. So what's the value this morning that you need to rise? What value is it that you need to come up to, to as high as it can go? The only way to get it up is to be thankful. Being thankful causes the value of everything around you to go up. Causes your value to go up, and it causes the other people in your vision to rise up. Do you understand that? That's just thankfulness. Thankfulness has that kind of ability. Being thankful has that kind of power in it. 
being thankful. When's the last time you told someone, thank you? When's the last time you, I'm not talking about just saying something to get by. I, you know, when that comes out, it it's, runs off your, out your mouth and down on the floor, it has no ability. It's just nothing. But when it's from the heart, there's something in it. And really thankfulness and gratitude when you have to go out of your way a little bit, it even adds to it. But when you're, when you're in your mundane world and you're not willing to step out of your little circle and apply yourself, it makes it difficult to even say thank you. Because now you're building your life on your own, inside your own little domain, and it's not worth it. Break the bonds that's holding you back and start showing your gratitude. Develop a grateful heart. Start with reading the Psalms. Said, our God is worthy of all thanksgiving. That's a fact. Our God is worthy of all thanksgiving from his people, from the people that he's loved so much and demonstrated it through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. 